Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, fans, as you know, the Super Bowl is right around the corner now. So if you're looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, football or otherwise, betonline.ag is the best and really the only place to go to lock it in. It gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino, of course, as well. That never closes. So go ahead and check out betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey gang, Mike and Mark with you, and thanks again for all of the subscriptions, the reviews, and all the support on Apple Podcasts and all the other platforms. Can't thank you enough for that. And we're, as always, really glad you're with us once again today. You know, if you're a coach, a parent, maybe a mentor, or just need a little motivation yourself, we think our guest on this episode is going to provide it. He's current big leaguer, all-star closer, Kirby Yates. This is a guy who grows up in Hawaii, gets drafted out of high school but doesn't sign, then goes to junior college, gets hurt, and gets a chance at pro ball only after Tampa Bay offers him a contract as an undrafted amateur free agent. So Mark, what I love about his story is that he wasn't a child prodigy, he wasn't a bonus baby, but through sheer determination and a willingness to change and to evolve, Kirby made himself into one of the best relievers in the game. Mike, the greatest stories of baseball are the ones that aren't expected and i say that because that's a majority of the players we always focus on the elite but kirby yates has made himself into that all-star closer as you mentioned because of hard work and persevering through a lot of tests this is a great story that i think a lot of people are going to love to hear kirby you're called up by the rays in june of 2014 at the age of 27 it's a great story uh perseverance and the like share the story of how you found out who told you you were going to the big leagues and who'd you call right away yeah um so i, I think you know I, I had a feeling i guess in triple a that my manager my pitching coach you know, a lot of these kind of my teammates had thought it was coming um you know i was in one of those good stretches the good beginning to the year uh, and uh just got off to one of those hot starts and you know, I'd been throwing the ball really well and just kind of felt like it was coming. And I was sitting in my apartment and it was probably like one or one thirty in the morning and I was playing video games and, uh, you know, I get a random knock on, on the door and I'm like, what is going on? You know, I don't know. I My teammates or somebody would probably tell me if they're coming over. I was like, who is this at the door? And I kind of peeped through the the little hole in the door, and it's Charlie Montoyo, my manager, and Neil Adam, my pitching coach. And I open the door. I'm like, "What are you guys doing here? What do you want?" And they're like, "Curry, go to the big leagues." And um, I was like, "No way!" And they're like, "Yeah," and they were excited. Um, and I, you know, obviously, you get kind of emotional, and they they say what they had, you know, had to say, and kind of shut the door. And my wife kind of slowly like creeps out of the room. She's like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we're going, we're going to Tampa tomorrow." And um, you know, obviously, call my dad and get choked up, and the whole works. I mean, the weird thing is being able not to sleep at all that day, and the amount of energy you still have when you get to a field like that. I thought was kind of remarkable. I thought I'd be dragging a little bit, but. <laughs> Far from that, you know, Kirby, far from that. Kirby, you know what? Uh, emotionally, I, I think it's outstanding. But also what comes through your mind as a player when you get that word you're going to go is all of the uh, persevering that Mike talked about. 
that you had to get through in, uh, you know, even junior college, going through uh, minor leagues. Emotionally, when you were talking to your to your dad and, and, and telling everyone about that moment, what was that like? Did you reflect on that or, or was everything just going so fast paced? Yeah, I think, you know, to go undrafted and to kind of, you know, I always felt like that year I was playing for a job, regardless of what year it was, because I've always felt like if I had a bad year, that'd probably be it for my baseball career. Um, and, you know, I was able to progress to the minor leagues. I was able to go a level at a time. And it just, you know, w- when I was able to call my dad and like, you know, we did this, like I'm going to the big leagues more, like I'm a big league pitcher. And, you know, I called my brother and my brother was, you know, it, it was just, it's those conversations that you remember for the rest of your life. Um, and it, it is very, very emotional. It's, you know, me and I, I had a hard time talking to my dad after a second. I just like, you know, I had tears in my eyes. I was getting choked up and, you know, very, very, very special moment. Uh, Tyler, your brother played in the big leagues five seasons. He also played for the Mets, Braves and Pirates pitched in 239 games in the big leagues. Um, his first save, which I think is pretty cool, came against the Padres, uh, and that's that's kind of a cool aspect. He's 43 years old now. Do you remember that conversation you had with him? Because uh, that's a guy with experience, but, man, it's really nice telling your brother you're going to the big leagues. Yeah, so it was the brother part was, dude, awesome. Like, yes, we've been waiting for this, the pumps, you know, like – um you deserve it all of that and then you know the the baseball player kicks in it's like hey man it's same game go up there be yourself you know watch what you say don't be you know (laughs) don't be running around the clubhouse like an idiot and stuff like that um but he's always been there to help me he's always been there to kind of you know give me advice and kind of tell me what to expect and and you know i think that has always made the transition to pro ball and especially kind of you know, understanding the way to go about your business. Um, I, I think that was the biggest help, you know, is just the understanding that the type of human you kind of want to be when you walk into the big leagues and you're in a big league clubhouse. You know, it's one thing to be told what to expect and how to act, but June 7, 2014, there's no one who can tell you what to expect, is there? You're looking down at those pearly uniforms and you're looking at a whole different type of stadium. What do you remember about the day you made your big league debut? Uh, like I said, like the energy that I had, um, just being able to walk in that clubhouse for the first time, you know, once you put on your pants and your cleats and you kind of look down and, you know, being a bullpen guy there, they give you the backpack, the pink backpack or whatever I had. And I didn't care. You, you have zero care in the world because you feel like nothing can affect this moment. Um, it's kind of like, it's, kind of weird but it, this is kind of how it just unfolded it, you know it was I think I don't know what inning it was but I forget who we're playing the Mariners and they scored a few runs pretty quick and got a big hit that kind of put them up I think three or four runs and like McGee and a couple of Peralta a couple of older guys down there like hey Curb you're probably like you're probably going for it like get ready like because you're going in I'm like all right perfect so started stretching a little bit and got phone rings Yates get hot and I mean, I, I threw three baseballs in the bullpen and I was ready to go in the game. And I, you know, like couldn't be more ecstatic, excited, nervous, all of those emotions all in one. And 
you know, the weird thing is like a lot of people tell you, Hey, you know, you don't, maybe you don't want to look at that third deck. You might get a little bit more nervous. And I just remember walking into the, running into the game and getting the ball and like having everybody in there being like, Oh, this is awesome. And just like having that, you have that moment. Like I stood on the mountain in that moment. I kind of just looked around. I looked up, I looked at the third deck and I just took a deep breath and like, literally had zero care what was going to happen after that. Um, it just had the the feeling of like, yes, I made this, like nobody's ever taken this away from me. Like this wasn't supposed to happen. And it did like, you know, and just being very thankful. And I think kind of proud that it all kind of just came together like that. Kirby you pitched in 37 games that year, 42 strikeouts in 36 innings. That's pretty good performance. And if you look at it, uh, was there a moment in, in that period of time that you felt like, you know what, I made it, and, and now I feel like, hey, and now it's about carving out the rest of my career? Yeah, the weird part about that is I feel like it was so hard for me to get to the big leagues, and it, and it you know, it might have taken a little out of me that I didn't know because I kind of just got, you know, I was like, man, I'm in the big leagues. Like, I, I kind of lost, like, that drive to push myself to go do something else. So, the weird thing, I think in 15, I got hurt and I had a terrible year, by far the worst year I've ever had. And then kind of had a bounce back year in 16 with the Yankees, um, you know, had had some rough outings where the numbers kind of got spiked. But I thought overall, I threw the ball pretty decent that year. Maybe the numbers didn't show it. Um, but you, I tried to find some extra motivation and not just be like satisfied, like, hey, you know, my whole thing my mindset kind of changed I was just like hey I, I was satisfied to get to the big leagues but you didn't put all this time and all this effort and you know make all these sacrifices to get here and just kind of let this slip away like you know you're better than this so let's go make something of this and try and stick around for a little while Sometimes uh, you need help of others and it can come in forms of coaches uh, a manager can, can impact you also your teammates does anyone stick out in your mind that took you under your wing and, and, and felt like, hey, man, this was something that I needed? Yeah, I think in New York there was, you know, I I, I got a little closer with Andrew Miller and just kind of got to talk to him a lot and, um, you know, watch the way he went about his business and watch the way he started preparing and took a lot of what I do now uh, from him. And I think just being being able to be in that clubhouse with those type of players and those caliber of players and just kind of watching, like it, for some reason it finally just all clicked and made sense why everybody was as good as they were, you know, and just just to be able to kind of see the way everybody approached their day on a daily basis and how intent they were and and just, you know, the little the little little details that they were putting in on an everyday basis that they believed that helped them and you know, I was able to start taking a lot of that and trying to apply it to myself. And that, and that was kind of my whole game plan is like, listen, you, I think, you know, understand how you're going to have to do or what you're going to have to do to be successful here at the big leagues. You, you need to start applying it. You know, we hear so much about the young guys making the splash or the bonus baby, you know, getting all the opportunities. The reason your story is important is we have a lot of listeners out there who are coaches, who are mentors, who have been through grinds in their own personal lives. And they look at your story and go, man, up at 27 years old, still playing in the big leagues right now. There always seems to be a moment for all of us where self-doubt can creep in. Did that ever happen to you? And how'd you overcome that? 
I don't think it, I, I, I don't, I never really doubted myself. I think the one thing is kind of when I kind of got stagnant and what I was doing is where like, I just kind of got complacent and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't putting forth the best effort that I probably could have put for myself. I think I had like my brother and my dad um, were probably the two most biggest motivators I had. And, you know, I think my dad always told me, he's like, I don't care if you're playing in the big leagues. I don't care when you're, you know, 10 years old playing against 11 years old or 11 year old playing against 12 years old. You never cared. You always were the best. You always wanted to be the best player out there. And so, you know, he always kind of instilled that confidence in me. And, you know, even when I was going in those first three years in the big leagues, I, I, I never felt like I had, I had reached my capabilities yet. I never thought like I started tapping into the things that I thought I could do at the big league level. So, you know, Tyler was there. He's like, listen, dude, you're, you're already better than I ever was. Um, so, you know, I can tell you some certain things, but you got to go figure this out on your own. You you need to, you know, do some things or, or try and tap into something. And, and, and fortunately for me, you know, all of, all the things that I learned those first three years, I, I, I kind of just started clicking and being able to apply it to like an everyday life in my routine. And, and, you know, it worked and, you know, it's just, you know, very, very thankful. And just that, that, that I kind of had the, that kind of set in at a time that it did. I mean, that, it couldn't have really happened at a better time. Kirby, it sounds like uh, your brother, your dad, I mean, it's that tough love, right? I, I think it's 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 fascinating for especially listeners that haven't been at this level that a lot of guys are dealt with a lot of adversity, and it's fine. Uh, you just move on, and I think that's what builds your character, which uh, that is really your story. It's a lot of people's stories. But also uh, a mentality for a player is how do I get better? How do I get to a, a, that next level, whether you're a hitter or whether you're a pitcher? Uh, you a- implemented a split finger f- fastball, which I thought was probably your signature of got you to that next level. Am I right in thinking that? And, and how did that develop? Yeah, so I think it's a lot of the things that I just kind of said, Um understanding a plan and and understanding what I thought it was going to take for me to be able to be successful in the big leagues. And, you know, I was slider dominant my entire career and my slider was starting to get hit and it wasn't as good as it used to be. It was just, that was it. And, you know, I kind of sat back and it was again, it's me and Tyler drinking beers back home and talking baseball and, I go, I think I need to throw a different pitch and I think it needs to be a split finger. He goes, I agree. I've been telling you to throw this for a couple of years now. I go, I know, but I feel like, you know, I was having success at the time. I was able to kind of, I was scared to switch two years prior, you know, but I got to that point where it was like, all right, well, if I put up another five and a half ERA or six ERA, I'm probably going to, you know, I'm going to be looking for another job. And what's the difference of going out there and struggling and trying this new pitch if I really believe that this can take me to a new level. So I kind of went into that after that 2016 season with, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be my pitch. I'm going to ride or die with this pitch. This is, and if I go down a ball of flames, I go down a ball of flames, but I I didn't have confidence in the slider anymore. I didn't believe that that was going to take me to a level I wanted to go. And, you know, it, it's hard to be that grinder of a pitcher that goes out there and bounces around every year. And I, I think 
that was what I saw myself kind of trending towards. And I, and I didn't necessarily want to do that. I thought I could be a little bit better and just trying to basically just, I was trying to throw the split finger and keep a job. That's <laughs> what it boiled down to, you know? And I, I had a good catch partner in Alex Cobb in Arizona that threw one and he kind of gave me some tips tips and I, I kind of just ran with it and I really didn't have a care at that point that I was like I started committing to it and slowly and slowly the confidence started growing and um, you know in that 17th season where I, it, it just kind of started picking up steam and, and, it's, and it's gotten to where it is now. Fans, we're going to get back to the interview for you in just a couple of moments. But as you know, with this new year comes a ton of new big games in sports. And with those big games, you need big stakes. And Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and, of course, the big game. So go ahead, visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day, and you save up to $25 on combos that are perfect for game day. Plus, you get free shipping with the code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V and you use it at checkout. Try out some of the snack pack combos featuring small plates. They've got big flavor. You can get the mini beef Wellington steak burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, man, those are good. Shrimp wrapped in bacon, all of it's fantastic. And every order is flash frozen and delivered right to your house. You don't have to go anywhere. It shows up right at the door. I love that. Satisfaction's guaranteed or you get your money back. Basically, every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, so much more. Again, you go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use the code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V at checkout and you get free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. Hey guys, it's a new year and every day is a fresh start for you to just live. Travis was trying to hear to tell you exactly why I teamed up with Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, and Paul Rodriguez to launch our new wellness brand, Just Live. As professional athletes, we put ourselves through a lot, physically and mentally. So we found a Just Live around all-natural, THC-free CBD products. Being from the East Coast, I was pretty skeptical about CBD products, but as an athlete, it's easy to see when something works. And when my dad was at wit's end, living in a fog of painkillers, severe lack of sleep, numerous surgeries later, I recommended he try CBD. It allowed him to get an extra couple hours of sleep, and it made all the difference to get my dad back on his feet. So don't go another day with pain, inflammation, or lack of sleep. I recommend trying Just Live today. These are products we fully trust and stand behind because we want you to be able to go out and just live. So get 20% off your order with code armchair at justlive.com. That's 20% off at justlive.com with the code armchair. What do you live for? That 2017 year you had in uh, San Diego was special, but 18 was better. And then 19, you just burst on the national scene. You lead all of baseball uh, with 41 saves and you make your first all-star game, a game that's played in Cleveland. I'm on the outside as a fan cheering for you, and I know Mark is a player doing both the inside and the outside look, but take us into the mind of Kirby Yates when you found out, hey, I'm going to the all-star game, and I thought I might have washed out of this league just a few years ago. Yeah, so I I think that went goes back to after 2017. I think after that, I felt like I had confidence and I felt like I could be kind of a established back-end reliever. I thought, you know, I could pitch in the seventh or eighth inning. Um, and my goal going into 18 was, all right, I think it's time to push yourself a little bit. Like, let's make an all-star team. Let's do something individually that you can look back on and be incredibly proud of and, and get to a point where, you know, all right, this is something that 
I've made and I can build on. And that was one of my goals going into 18. Um, I felt like I got close. I didn't make it. Brad was doing good. And, you know, but I, I think just to get to that level and like push myself, like, Hey, cause I've never, never, I've always been a team guy. I've never really wanted to do those individual, you know, accomplishments, like be an all-star or whatever. I just want to do the best I could to help my team win. Never really care. You know, you want to have good stats at the end of the year, but I never kind of pushed myself to, you know, to target like a two R E R A or anything like that. And going into that 18 season, one of my things was I wanted to make an all-star game and I wanted to print, uh, strike out a hundred guys. And so I got close on both of them, didn't get it. And then in 19, it was like, all right, like same goals, let's go and accomplish that. And, you know, in 19, I was able to do that. And it's one of those things where it's proud. You never, I'll never forget it. It's just, um, you know, I remember kind of getting there and having my whole family with me. We took a private jet out. I had 16 of us to 17 of us, whatever it was. And, you know, the, the neat thing for me and made it so worth it is that my family talks about how that's the trip that they'll never forget. And it's, you know, the best trip that they've ever had. And, you know, you have that moment. I had that moment just during the all-star game, running out at the top, looking for my family in the stands, finding them, you know, waving to them. And, you know, then the emotions come back of where you started, where you are now. Um, you know, I started on a little island in Hawaii called Kauai. And, you know, it, it, it's it's the journey's taken us here with my whole family. We're in Cleveland at an all-star game. Um, and, you know, that that's one of those things where you get choked up and you kind of, when they're doing the announcements and the national anthem, it's you're doing your best to hold back tears because you're, you know, you don't want cameras on you to be crying and stuff like that. But I mean, there was an overwhelming amount of emotion to say the least. Um, and like I said, it's, you know, something I won't forget. Kirby from a former player. Uh, that's beautiful. I mean, that's what this, this podcast is all about. The emotional uh, part of your journey and for all our listeners, go online, take a look at the picture after the game of your family in the stands. I mean, it, it really tells everything. And, and honestly, I'm getting chills right now even thinking about it because I understood what you did in the game of baseball to get to that point. And it was a showcase of confidence, perseverance, all of that stuff. Take us into that locker room for Kirby Yates. Uh, how did that make you feel looking around that locker room and knowing you go against these guys, but these are guys that have done it. You were one of 17 first timers that year, but how did that feel to you? I think the, the part where I walked in and I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay. is you know, you walk in and you got Max Scherzer standing there and you're like, it's pretty good. And then you got Clayton. <laughs> standing there and I'm like I mean these guys I idolized like 10 years ago I was like these are the two of the premier pitchers and then just like Freddie Freeman and all these guys that are just so tough to get out and then like just having little conversations with hitters and stuff like that and then you know when they kind of spitball back at you and kind of give you a compliment you're like wow like that's kind of awesome I didn't know that guy felt that way kind of you know seeing the ball out of my hand or what my split does like I don't know. I'm just trying to get like, I'm just 
I'm trying to get you out and you know, I'm doing the best I can. And like, I don't think you guys understand how hard it is to get you out. And they're like, dude, you have no idea what it's like facing you. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's got to feel really good. Uh, what's batting practice like? Because uh, visually we always look at it and it's clumps of guys, right? And you're sitting there, you don't care about shagging balls. There's plenty of kids behind you grabbing the balls and all that stuff. What was that like for you? It was neat. Um, it was very neat just to like kind of walk around and talk to some guys like, you know, and you just, you, you make relationships, you know, you make relationships with guys you see across the league that you always kind of like, I wonder what that guy's like, his personality. And then they're like, Oh, I, I get to go have a conversation with this dude. So I thought that was really neat. Um, you know, and then like the cool thing was, was seeing everybody after the game and like, you know, like, them saying hi to you and being like, you know, I was in New York. I think we were in New York like three weeks after the all-star game or whatever. And, you know, there's DeGrom and we were having conversations during the all-star game. And he's like, Hey, what's up Kirby? I'm like, what's up Jake? Like, and the, everybody's like, you know, bumping me and giving me crap. They're like, well, are you and DeGrom boys now? I'm like, yeah, we're friends. Like, you know, I think that was just, that's like the funny thing about it is like, you just, you know, now you can say hi to people because you've had conversations with them. And I think that's, that was a neat part. You know, that was another neat part taken away is just like some relationships that you're able to meet and conversations that you get to have with guys. Almost like that instant fraternity, right? And yeah. something that you earned, which I think is really cool. The other thing that I want to ask, and it, it's one of those things, obviously being a pitcher, you get to sit back and watch home run derby. What was that like for you? <laughs> These guys were hitting balls so far. I was just like, oh, Vlad was just peppering the hitting the scoreboard. And I'm like, dude, this is, I mean, it's not fair. I cannot just hit balls that far. It was cool. It was very, very entertaining. Um, it's super entertaining. And it's just, you know, it's just like a, there's like a constant buzz and they play music and it's just like balls are flying. I think it was, you know, that, that was, one of the neat things too where i don't won't forget i got to take my daughter down close to the field and she was hanging out there for a little while so you know it's it's like an, it was just you know the whole thing the whole experience is obviously something i'll never forget you know you make it as a member of the san diego padres which is not lost on people in southern california because you become one in a line of extremely good closers trevor hoffman a hall of famer and a list goes on and on what um what did it mean to you to make it as a member of the Padres knowing the lineage? Yeah, it was, you know, I wish I wasn't alone that year. Cause I thought we had a few other guys that were deserving. Um, but you know, you, you get to go represent the Padre organization. You get to represent a city city that has always been really welcoming to me and treated me so awesome, especially at the organization. For me, that was, you know, a pretty proud moment. Um, especially with the amount of respect that I have for those guys that have done it before me, you know, the Trevors and all those guys that have done it for years. And, you know, it, it, that, you know, is very, very cool and very, very appreciative that I got to do it for them. And, and how is that relationship with Trevor? Because uh, we have a personal relationship with him. This guy is first class. He's a hall of famer, obviously, but man, he just dummies down and acts like a regular guy. What's he like for you? he's the same i mean he's awesome you know he's awesome you go and you see this guy for the first time and you're like dude that's trevor hoffman that's just awesome and then you get to have a few conversations with him and then before you know it he's you know giving you a hard time about certain things but 
you know, when I had anytime I needed like an answer of a question that I needed to, uh, needed answered, I'd ask him and he'd most honest answers you could get. And, you know, I, the dudes asked you, you can't say enough great things about him. Um, you know, I think everybody that knows him understands that and definitely helped me in ways that he probably doesn't realize. Um, but I just, I always appreciate and the thing I always take away is the way he treated everybody and treated everybody around him. Even when he'd walk into our clubhouse, how he still respects everybody else when, you know, like that Tefe and, you know, everybody has so much respect for him and it's, it's the respect that he, he gives back to everybody that, you know, for me, I, I appreciate it. And I, and I, I love the way that he does that. One of the things that Trevor does well, uh, and you've done the same over your career, is explain the dynamic of pitching out of the bullpen. We hear from fans periodically about uh, the notion of being a closer, you know, the theory being, well, how tough can it be? I mean, it's just three outs. What's it matter where the three outs are, whether it's the third or the ninth? Then you turn around and you ask a player, whether I ask Mark or anybody else or somebody in your position, oh, there's a difference, my friends. There's a mental component that doesn't exist in some of the other innings. Who taught you how to handle that uh, workload and how does somebody become suited to that odd dynamic? I, yeah, I think, you know, I think first and foremost, you have to want the ball in, the, in your hands in the ninth inning. You have to want to be the one in control and that, and that kind of responsibility. Um, for me, I, I, I enjoyed that responsibility. I kind of welcome it. Um, you know, especially there in San Diego, I felt, you know, at times, like I was the right guy for that job. Um, you know, that was my game and that was us to go win. I think it's, you know, for me going from mop up duty and then kind of just slowly working my way towards the back end of the bullpen and, and pitching in the city, being the first guy out of the bullpen to cover the starter, you know, pitching the seventh inning, pitching the eighth inning, finally being able to be like a closer and working my way. I think, you know, for me, I just think I kind of got groomed in doing that to understand it. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's the same three outs. Don't make it any bigger. Don't make, you know what I mean? You, when you have a lead and, you know, for a while there, that's kind of way I took it. And then, you know, you get to a certain point where you kind of understand, you pay attention and, and you understand that the hitters are feeling the same type of pressure because they're down to their last three outs and, and they got to score some runs to keep this going or, or win the game. So it's just, I think the more you kind of do it, the more things that you pick up on and, and, and you know, ways you get comfortable with it. Kirby, uh, can you give us your scouting report and your thoughts on Fernando Tatis Jr.? I mean, he's the most dynamic baseball player I've been around, and it's, it's not comparable. It just isn't. It's not. And the athleticism is probably second to none. He, you know what I mean? But... I think to be 21 years old and, and see the type of adjustments that he can make mid at bat and do the things that he can do. And I mean, I just, you know, I don't think we've, we've probably seen it a few times, but you're talking about greats that have done that. And I think he's, you know, he is incredibly impressive. The thing, you know, I used to give him a hard time last year. Cause like, we went to spring training and, and then we got shut down or, and I hadn't seen him in, I don't know, six, seven weeks, two months, whatever it was. And I go back and I look at him I'm like, Nino, you've grown. He goes, come on, you think? And I was like, dude, you're way bigger than you were two months ago. And just, you know, and it's just like, he's still a kid, man. And I think that's the greatest thing about it. He's still a kid. He enjoys the game. He's laughing all the time. He's so easy to be around. And I mean, he's just, 
you know, it, the, the talent level is, I mean, it's second to none. And I think everybody knows that. And I think, you know, what, what, what got me last year was his mind and the way, you know, he was able to play the game, understand the game and, and the decisions that he made for, for, you know, a 21 year old, I thought was very, very impressive. And no doubt about it, Fernando really is impressive. Well, Kirby, fantastic insight. And as always, great to catch up with you. Kirby Yates, the 2019 All-Star Closer. Can't thank you enough for spending some time with our listeners. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Well, Padres fans, as it would happen, shortly after we recorded this interview with Kirby, his patience in the free agent market paid off, and he signed a deal for the 2021 season with another exciting young team, the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm sure you'll all join us in wishing Kirby well as he begins that next chapter in his career. Well, thank you so much for checking out Major League Beginnings. If you had as much fun as we did, go ahead, if you would, and hit that subscribe button anywhere you usually download your podcast from. You pick the platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, doesn't matter, whatever you like. We're just glad you're aboard, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.